0: The following podcast has been rated TVMA, NSFW, R, and NC-17, so it is not safe for kids. Put your children to bed. You spent enough time with them anyway.
1: Say, friend, now I don't mean to pry or even assume anything, because Lord knows that'll make an ass out of both of us. But I couldn't help notice you're out here doing what you can, best you can. And making your way in the apocalypse without a drink. I hear you. A drink's a high five, a pat on the back, tastes good, makes you feel good. But out here, you don't want to feel good. You need a real drink that'll clean a wound, taste like chaos, and a burn that'll teach you all you need to know about how to survive. Well, this shocking beverage will snap you right back into place no matter how many zombies or clicky mushroom people you had to face today or or how many you lost in the fires when the robots took over. Whatever your scenario, all you need is a shot of Jepson's Malort. With a taste like ground-up mummies and viper piss, this refreshing 70-proof vintage will outlast us all so make friends with the only one that's going to make it out of here alive. Jepson's Malort. The only drink that will still be here.
0: Proud sponsor <clears throat> proud sponsor of Chad the Birdcast, which is what you're listening to right now. Your official birdcast of the apocalypse. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to shout. Sorry. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Chad. I am a bird that has been tested and confirmed. And you're listening to my BirdCast. So, boom. slap a doop deep, deep That's the whole song. Go home, everyone. It was an easy day. Calling it early. <laughs> anyway, what's up, everybody? If this is your first time, I mean, this is pretty much it. I'm just like, I'm going to talk at you for a little bit and say hi. This is like... Unprecedented access to me, which is a big deal, honestly, because I'm tiny. I am quite wee, and many things want to eat me. So I have to be very careful about who I spend my time with, who I let into the inner circle, who like I let in to know like what I'm about, because like you never know what apex predators out there waiting to hear what like my likes, dislikes, fears, my merry fuck kill list. Like, is they like, can you use that against you. Hawks, man, are devious. And not to mention any of the jungle cats. They fucking, man, they're on the deep web. So, like, consider yourself um, super honored to um, be let into the nest here, to hang out with me on the BirdCast for a moment. Let me be vulnerable with you. Uh, Last week, well, this week, actually, uh, I got to be on WGN. That was pretty dope. Got to hang out with Jeff Hoover. I talked about it on my last bird cast, but like, you know, I'm still feeling pretty chuffy about it. So I thought I'd bring it up there. Like we all got to hang out and check out backstage. That was pretty dope. Um, I got to hang out with the people from RJ Grunt's, which is an insanely cool legendary restaurant out here. Uh, to which I will be attending their invite to come and eat because they have a nacho platter that I'm going to destroy. Speaking of destroy, um, you're out there, you're doing your thing, you're living your life, you're out there crushing it every day. And eventually you're gonna have to take a trip, especially in the winter time to place that's warm, which means you're gonna need some sweet, sweet duds to like show off and you know, wreck the room and slay all day. Fortunately for you, that was a bitch in segue to let you know that I have a t-shirt that is available if you go to my website. Is my uh, camp tea my limited edition worst apocalypse ever? Camp tea for your summer vibes, even in the winter. It's available. It's a limited edition. Go get it right now. And whilst you do, let me direct your attention to last Saturday when I talked about stamps. Oh yeah. Am I going to get a limited edition me stamp? Probably with the amount of information I put out there, I'm practically already in the Federal Reserve. So sit back, relax, order my shirt, and listen to me talking about stamps already in progress.
1: That you like me, cause you could go downhill. I can't promise that you love me, but you probably will. I can't promise that you ever be there, cause that just went too long.
0: Humans! Humans, hey, how are you doing? I don't mean that in the like, hey, how you doing, JK, don't answer that, keep fucking walking, I was being polite kind of way. I meant that rhetorically, which I understand means I don't expect an answer, I'm asking to make a point. Which is a different kind of JK, don't answer that, keep fucking walking. One instead, to make and provoke a thought, a moment, a brief stop on the highway of conversation so you think about it later and ask yourself, hey, how am I doing? Don't fucking tell me how you're doing, figure it out, is what I'm saying. Not because I don't care, but because I already know how you're doing. Everything sucks, but you learn how to make a sourdough starter and now it has its own Instagram. And good for you, Denise! Way to find a hobby! But ask yourself, are you actually spending time in the kitchen or on the Instagram comments getting into it about rye or wheat flour and whether or not mineral water is better? And then you end up in a heated shit war about consumerism and big sourdough. Because then... Maybe eat a Snickers and ask yourself, how am I doing? How's it going? Are you taking time for yourself, for others? Prioritizing chill time so you can rest? I ask this because I've been watching you. And y'all are getting stressed out over the weirdest shit. I thought I would check in. Nothing fancy. I don't need a deep dive into the lore or anything. But, like, why the fuck not? Let's get into the lore. We got some time, and y'all need to chill the actual shit out when it comes to your fandoms. Now, I've been a casual observer of the human condition for some time. And by casual, I mean bewildered to the point of stress drinking. But, like, seriously, I've been watching. Birds do that, you know that? We watch back. Like, we're looking back at your ornithological obsessives, a.k.a. birders, or twitchers, as I recently found out is a term some of the more methed individuals of the bird-watching community <laughs> use to refer to themselves. It goes back to 1983 when Bob Emmett wrote a letter to British Birds magazine about a story about he and his pal John Izzard would ride motorcycles to find rare birds. And their buddy Howard Medhurst would ride in the back on one of the bikes and would get so excited that he would make like crazy noises and like smoke cigarettes really fast and they would make fun of his jitters and they would call the adventures of going on a motorcycle ride to find rare birds going on a twitch. And now it's like insulting to call the more refined bird watchers twitchers because they're not in a hurry. I have notes about all this, of course, on which I shall elaborate some other time. Thank you for your patience. But now, let us respect the lore and call y'all bird watchers because back to my original point and one that should seem obvious now, the birds are fucking watching you back, humans. And as one who's kind of into it now, I have some concerns that y'all might need to calm down on the cocaine or whatever it is, getting y'all up into the itty here, power down the engine a little and just like enjoy your fandoms a bit instead of going ham on the anxiety about it. Case in point, stamps! (laughs) Now before we get into stamps, I want to take a second and caution you that the following will contain mass amounts of hard nerding about stamps, which is known as philately, which unfortunately is not pronounced philately. (laughs) So we're just going to have to toss all those jokes into the ocean, let them go on, move through it, and though it pains me because we're just going to be talking about stamps, and fuck, I wish, you know? Alternate timeline, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, if you find yourself having any judgments about stamps, just remember, I once got into it on a YouTube chat about whether or not the tunes in Star Wars was called jats or jizz music, so no one is walking away from a fandom convo clean, especially when it comes to talking about jizz. So, just put it in neutral, or you're gonna prove my point. Anyway, stamps. I hear you. What the fuck are those? In this super connected digital timeline that we're all in right now, it makes sense you haven't really thought about stamps. Same as you probably don't churn your own butter. But like, give it a shot. It's good for the grams, Denise. So, back in the day, 1837 in Britain, Sir Roland Hill in his epic mutton chops were fed up with the way the mail system was doing the public dirty. Because it was actively for the rich. Like, imagine if you just had to respond to a comment on your TikTok, but you couldn't afford it. So you had to ask one of your suburban friends whose family owned an indoor-outdoor pool to do it for you. And yeah, Barrington is fun around the holidays, but it gives you the creeps a little bit. And then you paid, that was a very niche, Illinois joke. For those of you wondering, what? You're welcome, Illinois. And then, never say that's right when talking about Barrington. And then, and then you paid for the delivery of said comment, When you got it, and then by then you forgot what the fuck you were talking about. Anyway, the uniform penny post was part of the reform movement in 1840. And it basically said, hey, fuck the paperweight. Fuck the distance. If your letter weighs half an ounce, it costs a penny. Stop. (laughs) And, of course, people dug it and eventually proved that, quote, fortune at the bottom of the pyramid was there to be mined. Basically, make shit affordable and everyone will use it, Elon. Eat a fucking Snickers, you creep. (laughs) And all that in so many words, because we're not paying for page, baby. And in the first year, the use of the mail system more than doubled. Included in all this was the use of envelopes and a prepaid. And I say envelopes, not envelopes, because I'm cultured. And also a prepaid proof of purchase called the Penny Black. Named so because they use black ink and it costs a penny. See, sometimes things just mean what they are, humans. I'm just saying, relax. <laughs> the postage stamp was born and made its way to America in 1845. And then, in 1910, the U.S. Post Office heard about this wild new aeroplane that the kids were into. And figured, hey, we could use it to deliver the mail. That'll show the kids were cool. And also, cause like distance and travel, and whatever. Stop harshing my vibe, dad. Planes are the new black, let's go. Around this time, another fad was making waves in the trade. Parcel service. Oh yeah, you say you got something, you got a mail that weighs over 18 ounces. Oh shit, you're so hip. You're trending so hard right now. How could we even ever? Up until, I'm talking about stamps, okay? I'm doing my best. Up until 1912, Parcel mailing was privatized, so like Amazon, but for everything, so like Amazon. And these private companies were mostly in the cities because that's where it was all happening, baby. Unfortunately, though, the humans that really needed it were farmers, were left in the not-so-proverbial dust because farms. So the U.S. Congress created postal rates for parcel post services. But what of the stamps? How could they perceive you prepaid the postage rate for parcels? enter the U.S. parcel postage stamps of 1912 to 1913, a.k.a. the first time an aeroplane was on a U.S. postage stamp. Nerds, keep up. We're not slowing down. (laughs) Then the post office decides we're going to make plain mail a thing and starts regular services in May of 1918 at 24 cents for postage. And yeah, it was higher than the three cents for first class up to this point. But ask anybody that ever had to buy a new game for any system. When it first dropped, they'll tell you the same. It's fucking worth it. So they decide to issue a new stamp just for this moment, putting the Curtis Jenny JN4HM biplane on the front of the stamp because that was the plane that was made specifically for flying your fucking parcels. Get hyped! (laughs) Only problem was the stamp's designer, Claire Aubrey Houston, couldn't get a photograph of the Curtis Jenny because they had just been invented. There was no internet, only people willing to travel to snap a new plane for the Grams. Luckily, they got one of the six that existed in its first takeoff, and then that was engraved in a big fucking hurry. Why? I don't know. You're all fucking stressed out all the time. This should not be a surprise to you, humans. And then that engraving was sent to the printers, who at the time used a flatbed printing process in two colors, red and blue, because America. And that sucks to do. And it sucks even more to do it quickly. So in the process, though they printed the red frame like they were supposed to, they accidentally printed the blue plane part upside down. And since they were in a hurry, I love that you were all like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big fucking deal. But they were in a hurry, and one sheet of 100 stamps printed with that Curtis Jenny upside down. And it got through unnoticed and then was made available to the public. And how did they miss this epic postal boner? Because the clerk who sold the inverted sheet had never seen a fucking plane before. So, time passes. And the inverted Jenny becomes the stuff of legend to the philately community. Some were stolen. Some were forgeries. One was found in a locket, but that's a tale for another podcast. And recently, in your timeline. On November 15th, 2023, one sold at auction for $2 million. The highest bid ever made for this rarity, and most of you don't even know how much a fucking regular stamp costs at all. Don't look it up, just say you don't know. The knowledge will find you over the holidays. Humans, from your bird twitching to your sourdoughs to that fucking discontinued Boba Fett with the missile in the back, Before you rage post about your fandoms, take a Snickers and ask yourself how you're really doing. Because appreciating the journey that your collectibles have been on is a way to hold on to history in your hand. Responsibly, of course. Because you got oils in your palms that'll fuck it up. So put on your gloves if you want to party with the professionals. You can touch the past, literally physically observing time itself with your bodies. Like us birds do watching you back. So just remind yourself to chill the fuck out in the comments. Because even stamps are interesting when you dive into the lore. Happy holidays. I love you. Good night. <laughs> Chad the
1: Bird!
0: Fascinating. Deeply satisfying. So much info. Chill out on your fandoms, humans. It's crazy interesting no matter how you slice it. Special thanks to the Brera Kudas for the kick-ass song Promises. That's what's playing underneath me. Thank you to Zach Benzelbo for recording me. Thank you to you for listening to me. But mostly thank you to Jepsims Malort for sponsoring me and keeping me alive in this desperate of timelines. Uh, yeah, same deal. Uh, what else is going on if you're in the Chicago area? December 7th at Newport Theatre and Lara's Holiday Special. Someone might be making a brief cameo in that. There's a link down below if you're in the area. Come check it out. And then December 9th, I'll be back at the Green Mill. If you want to know more about what's going on, go to my website. I put all the events up there. That's the end of it. That's all I got. Yeah, you want to know where I'm at? You want to catch me? I make it very easy for you. But not for the apex predators. They don't get to be in the inner circle. That's just you. If you have any questions, if you want me to talk about something, hit me up at thebirdchat at gmail.com. DM me. I I check everything. I'm always watching, as previously stated. We're always watching, because there's fuck
1: all to do right now. Nailed it.